Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and why a spoon, cousin? Why not? A chunk. And I'm Carter, and because it's dull, you twit, it'll hunk more. That was pretty passable. Passable. We had many tries. We had many tries. Passable. You would voice voice the Happy Meal toy, I think, because they couldn't get Alan to do the little voice box. I'm I'm in the What If series with the Sheriff of (laughs) Manhattan. What if it just wasn't Alan Rickman? It's <laughs> just not Alan Rickman. <laughs> yeah, what if, what, if, what, what if the sheriff of Nottingham was somebody different? Was it anyone else? Uh, why are you the uh, hunk? Honestly, guys, it's a lot of reasons. I'm an iPhone guy again. All our bubbles are blue these days. Yes. Mm-hmm. I still want to stay with Slack. We never had that official discussion, but I just like Slack. I think oh, we're going to stay there. There's, a lot, there's yeah. a lot going on for the two chunks world over at, at Slack land. <laughs> Big things are happening. At Big Slack things happening at Slack. Uh, I won a dance contest uh, yeah. at a local taco place to get jiggy with it. Um, won a prize there, and uh, I we had a very special moment that uh, you'll hear more about uh, when our Patreon episode comes out for Back to the Future. Um, that that brings some big hunkiness there, but. Uh, I think you'll have to go listen to that to hear that very unique out-of-body experience for me. Um, But there was just a lot. It was a good, and I felt bad because we got to watch this movie together. And Jordan, before I even shared all these things that made me hunky, was sharing these. Jordan had an awful week. Yeah. And I felt really bad about that. Yeah, Carter stole all my luck. Um, Carter got all the good stuff. um, And I just, I had the residual badness. Uh, But it's okay. You know, it's okay. We're going to survive. We're going to make mine, it. Mine was exactly medium. Yeah, <laughs> well, there you right go. In the middle. You're the Goldilocks of, uh, mm. of the pod. Mm-hmm. 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 What movie? Brownie locks. Brownie locks. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah. What does actually, brownie locks doesn't. sound like? Actually, it doesn't because brownies are good and locks brownie is locks. fine, but brownie locks would be a no thank you. <laughs> is locks fish? Are lo- is, lo- is locks fish? Yeah, it's salmon, right? That's what I thought. So brownies and salmon together is not going to do it for me so it's much. It's me. That's why they call me the chocolate salmon. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I bet that's happened somewhere. That's happened. Someone did that. Someone did that well. You made I that food so. or called me that? Made that Because I guarantee you nobody's called me that. <laughs> I guarantee nobody's made brownie locks. I guarantee it. Look, we are beginning, finally, officially, after the bridge of uh, Black Widow between the two series, we are in earnest beginning uh, the uh, Olympics Colin Carter's Choice series. Uh, and we're starting with Carter's first choice, which is a real doozy, a real doozy. Um, and that is uh, the seminal 1991 classic, Robin, Robin Hood, Hood uh, Prince, Prince of Thieves. Thieves. 
So let's talk about it. But before we officially talk about it, I do need a synopsis from Doge. Well, boys, I hope you like prepositions because we got some. (laughs) This week's synopsis is written by Daniel Williamson. After escaping from a dungeon, after being captured by the Turks during the Crusades, Robin, son of Lord Loxley, and a warrior Moor named Azim returned to England, only to find Robin's father has been murdered by the corrupt Sheriff of Nottingham and has taken over his father's lands. Unable to be helped by a maid, Marion Dubois, sister of Robin's friend Peter, who died trying to help Robin and Azim escape, Robin vows to avenge his father and flees to the forest of Sherwood, home to a band of outlaws who have been banished from their villages by the Sheriff of Nottingham. Combining the forces of the outlaws, Robin and his men set out on a crusade against the Sheriff of Nottingham and defeat the Sheriff and his henchmen, who bids to take over the throne of England's rightful ruler, King Richard, and put an end to the corruption that has infested the English countryside. Yeah, that'll that'll preach. That'll do it. That'll preach. This movie, um, <clears throat> I want to say, it's my first time watching it. Uh, I've heard the soundtrack a thousand times, but this is my first time watching it. This movie feels like um, such an obvious precursor to things like Gladiator and Braveheart in the sense yeah. of like really getting in there and doing its best. <laughs> uh, that's, that's this, it started so, as an intended compliment. <laughs> this is to Duval. Gladiator and Braveheart. When you look at this and then look at those, it's like looking at the render of Sid's dog from Toy Story 1 <laughs> versus the cat like a from real Soul. Dog. Yeah. Where it's like you, you're. This is technically the same thing, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, and and really, I was trying to channel the spirit of the early Olympiad here. Oh yeah. And so this was about archery, and I want to make sure. I want to set yeah. up the uh, the stage here for how Olympics will run. There'll be a little bit of a Olympics Carter Spice in here. Yeah. It's something I've mentioned to the Pod Boys before, but it's worth mentioning again, especially for our listeners that we will be heading to the podium for every movie. Meaning we're still going to have our super pumps and our super dumps and our pumps and dumps. But as far as characters go, go and this is character-based because we do want yeah. some people up here. Uh, or it's USA or out here. Characters welcome. You know what I mean? Characters welcome. Uh, we'll have a gold, silver, and bronze. You can present that. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to present that near the end of the episode. Uh, of our top three uh, characters from each of these films. So, um, this has a lot of characters, all that to say. <laughs> it's you got true. a lot of choices. You got a lot of choices yeah. in Prince of Thieves. I had forgotten that this was a two and a half hour long Boy, it's long. Movie. Hey. So, shout, shout out to to all the pod boys for coming out to House Willis Eye <laughs> and watching that and having sure. that late evening. I'm going to get my super dump out of the way because I don't, I, I really did, I had such a positive and fun viewing experience with this movie yeah. that there is, there is no, <clears throat> there is no conceivable way that I could have disliked it. Um, so I'm going to get my negativity done real quick. Um, my super dump is that every aspect of this movie from the runtime to every individual scene was 1.5 times the amount of time it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Every scene was just 50% longer than it should have been. The entire sure. movie is two hours and 15 minutes and it absolutely should have been one and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> this movie just took, took, it took itself and it looked at itself and it said, what if just too much? What if more? What if just too much? And it did. And it went too much. And there were so many times that I was like, you have got to be kidding me. How are we still doing this? Oh my goodness. I'm curious yeah. if that same math cool. that everything is about 150% more, does that apply? No, 150% to hist- of. So f- 50% sure, more yeah, than it 50% should 50% more. Does that same math apply to the history mullets? Oh, the mullets of, there's a, a handful of history mullets. There's quite a few historical there's mullets. There's an antagonist, antagonist and protagonist mullet. You know there's what? a light mullet and a dark <laughs> mullet, a good and I, an evil mullet in I your heart. Up, I, I pump, Whichever one you I feed is the, the one hair. that wins. I pump the hair of this movie. <laughs> 1991. 1991. So this is still very much an 80s movie to me. It it feels more 80s than 90s and I guess at oh, the beginning of the yes. at the beginning of the decade you kind of get that. You get that overlay. Every and I mean every person in this movie is a goober. <laughs> an absolute goober. 
Like yeah, a straight completely. up goober, dude. Completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, could y'all, uh, and I, I don't want to jump to talking about like the overall experience. No, but, let's do it. Um, let's do it. Did y'all, could y'all see how this was like a, without knowing like Chelsea's family very well, but can you see how like this could be like a classic, like watch a million times Absolutely. a family with your family, family kind of movie? Completely. This movie wrapped up and it, g- genuinely my thought was I could watch this once a year, every year with you guys. Yeah. Like I could have a yeah. standing Robin Hood date with all of you guys and just like, yeah. Where are we watching Robin Hood this year? What's the food? What are we doing? Like, it's such an experience to watch this movie because it is so, um, it's like so exaggerated that when it, when it swings and misses, it doesn't matter because you're just amazed that a bat could swing that fast. Right. No. Right. I think it does what Cutthroat Island doesn't manage to do. Like we we talked a lot when we reviewed Cutthroat. I I feel like first of all I should get this out there. They're very much the same. They're the same. This this movie and Cutthroat Island are <laughs> siblings. Uh, but I think this one manages to do what Cutthroat Island doesn't, which is complete the circle and come all the way back around to being. I'm enjoying being surprised at how bad it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, a hundred percent. Because this is a bad movie, like objectively. It's terrible. It's oh my goodness, movie. it's terrible. Yeah. But and, with, and, with something like Cutthroat Island, like I, every time I was surprised by how much worse it got, I was, I was bummed. I was like, you're kidding me. I thought it right. couldn't get worse. Right, yeah. And I had the exact same reaction here, but I was excited. You're kidding me. I can't believe it's getting worse. Yeah. 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 And speaking of surprises, like, I, like bad movies make a lot of money. Oh, I would argue totally. that bad, bad movies make billions of dollars. I, I, I couldn't believe how much money this made in 1991. We were talking about it last night, but this this was a $40 million movie, okay, which in 91 is a, a lot of money. Obviously, yeah. it makes sense because there's a ton of set pieces, costumes for hundreds of extras, it felt like. Well, yeah, uh, I had to get, spend all that at Spirit Halloween. And it made almost <laughs> 10 times that amount worldwide. This made a, over $400 million. That's crazy. Uh, which is it's just not surprising though, honestly. Bonkers, yeah. Did you in see that? In one, you get a you get a <clears throat> medieval-ish epic movie on this scale. You're gonna go see it. Did you yeah. see that? It, it was I think it was for VHS sales. It may have been for for box office. It was second place behind Terminator Two. Jeez, phenomenal for that year. That's wild. That is phenomenal. Wild. It's That's also the duality wild that those of two man. Right, came out at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah. everyone is either Terminator 2 or Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. There is no in between. <laughs> there is no middle. <laughs> you're everyone is one of these two things. No, I think that there is so let, let's start talking about it because the the this is some of the worst cinematography I've ever seen. I mean, it it is really oh, wow. horrible. Um, wow. like every shot is bad. I can I mean, there are parts of this movie where it's like I can see the sound stage you're recording this on. Like I can yeah. see lights. <clears throat> the castle at the beginning has fluorescent lighting inside of it. <laughs> it's nighttime. It's, yeah. We love the uh, silhouette <clears throat> of Hero. Big time. Yeah. Love. And it's ridiculous. <clears throat> but it's amazing. Because yeah. as you're watching, you're like, this, this actually came out in theater. Like, this is a real movie that really came yeah. out. Yeah, I kept thinking of you know around that time frame we would also get like it's the, the kind of lighting that we would ha- have behind our stars feels a lot like like Close Encounters and ET like yeah. it feels like this should oh, be a spaceship yeah. behind yeah, you yeah that's yep. true but you're telling me this is the sun and sometimes the moon it's like sometimes they it's learned the torches the inside your castle lessons it's like they yeah. they watched these <laughs> Spielberg movies and learned the wrong lessons from them yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, the other wow. thing I'd love to talk about, just among about a thousand things in this movie, is Kevin Costner's terrible accent. Super dumb. Kevin Costner is my super dumb. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. He's, uh, he's, so, he's bad. so bad. I can't he's believe, he's the reason bad. I can't believe this movie made so much money. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like, you know, Costner in 1991 is uh, the extra spice. Like he's what you're adding yeah. to, sure. whether he's good or not, to make that change has he, has he done dances with wolves yet um has, or is he about to do that he has already done it at this point it's 1990 i'm looking at it okay. right now because yeah. kevin costner's good dude like i like yeah. kevin costner and he's terrible in this <laughs> yeah so he was hot off of dances with wolves which was huge yeah um 
Yeah. <laughs> and we bring him in and he just decides not to do an accent at all, Jordan. I think you're right. I think it's uh Did you read I would the, rather know he's decided not to do it than he Did you read the story tried. about that? No, tell me about it. He wanted to, hired his own accent coach. The director fired the accent coach and said, Kevin, you're not allowed to do that because you're too bad at it. Wow. Wow, right? So he still tries to do it a little bit by over over accenting the T's at the end of words, which is like British light. He's like doing the free trial of a British accent. <laughs> but he wanted to, he wanted to do full on, like match the rest of the cast, hired an accent coach and was told, Kevin, you're not allowed to do that because it would ruin this movie. So somehow what he's doing right now while they're filming him is more preferable than what he wanted to do. <laughs> I would have loved to actually uh, get some clips of the, oh I, need to, I need the Costner British accent. I Release the Costner cut, please. Let's get that on Twitter. Costner, man. He's, Doge made a funny uh, joke last night with talking about like, this could have been just a sleeper, like sneak up on you and do a Costner series because of how many sports movies <laughs> he's this, been in. Bull Durham. Field of Dreams. Those are. I mean, baseball, literally. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, baseball is an Olympic sport. Um, I just so, mean there's two baseball movies. But. Yeah. Well, he also did Draft Day, yeah. uh, which is a football movie. So I think we could definitely hit them all. Waterworld <laughs> is swimming. That's what I'm saying. This one, <laughs> Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman in this movie might be two of the most extreme versions of like fantastic actor delivering yeah. such terrible performances yeah. together. I would, here's, a, here's a hot take. I don't even think Kevin Costner's a fantastic actor. He's not. If he's just asked um, to play, fair. if he's just asked to play a normal dad, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, you can have a, a handful of conviction, like he can portray that. But I've never really considered Costner like. That's fair. He's let, definitely let me say, a, in on his Morgan lane, Freeman's level. In his yeah. lane, he is very good. Is his sure. lane just like, Regular Midwest Joe. Yep. Yeah. Because I don't think he's, I think that's him. I think yep. he plays Robin Hood like a regular Midwest Joe. Yep. That's fair. Like it's one thing, like it, it can't just be the accent that that screwed him up. Like he is awful. Like mm -hmm. he's not even, when he's supposed to laugh, it's like a first read through. Yeah. No, it's even worse than a first read through in like one act when you're like going through yeah. the script and just yeah. having a table read. Like he's, his laugh at one point, he's like, <laughs> like he's actually phonetically, yeah, phonetically <laughs> saying things H -A -H -A. like it's like Kevin Costner thinks that being British just means you don't use contractions. Yeah, like yeah. everything he said was just like I cannot, I cannot let this happen. I have well, I, and he, it has not. He's only acting from the nose down too. Like his <laughs> eyes never change. <laughs> that's oh, good. that's good. He's him and Vin Diesel. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I like to imagine like you know he's looking at the script and literally. It's like, hey, you're going to hurry up the horses. Here's your line. And they spell it H-Y-A-H. And I would imagine they're like, hey, you don't exactly have to say hi-ya. <laughs> you can just be like, huh. Like, just like the horse knows if you hit it and you're trying to get it to go. But he's like, hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. Like, he's like, so to the book. <laughs> like, he, he, yeah. I don't know if it's overacting or what it is. It's an anomaly. But it's yeah. it's got me perplexed. Yeah, it's like... Over and under acting at the exact same time, somehow. Yeah, he's, he's all too, the best parts of he's the bad. acting to the side. <laughs> yeah, and the worst parts of the good. Like he's he he doesn't really touch the best parts about this movie. No. Right, but he's also great. He's also so fun. I got excited when Robin Hood, who's got the most screen time, is on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's a weird dynamic with a movie like this, right? Because like in a, in a normal movie that we're we're watching because it's going to be an incredible story or a well-made piece of art or whatever, or because it's a storyline we care about or any of these things. We're watching this movie and Kevin Costner shows up and we are, we want him off the screen. We hate that he's in this. It's so terrible, all this stuff. But in a movie like this, Robin Hood shows up and you're like, yes, give me more of the garbage. Yeah, I want more Please of it. Please give me more garbage. Yeah. And I think it's because pretty much from the the moment this movie begins, it's fairly clear what's happening. And it's that yes. you are watching a B, perhaps C movie unfold. <laughs> but it's not like, for me, it's not charm. 
Like it's not no. like, oh, look at them trying to do like in the no, same way no, no, that no, no, like no. maybe early episodes of Star Trek are like, oh, look at William Shatner fighting that lizard man in a costume. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm invested because it's charming. Like I, I, I'm laughing at the movie. I'm yes, not laughing correct. with the movie. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Not laughing with it. Yeah. Th- I think that's, that's, excellent. that's a great point because it, it isn't like uh, they were just constrained by what they were able to do. And I can see where sure. it's going and it's so fun and good. Like, it's like, no, you made a bad movie. Like, this is a stinker. Like, yeah, it's 14 years after Star Wars. I feel like you don't get to be like, oh, they were trying anytime after 1977. Yeah, I agree. Unless it's like a kid's movie and they clearly sure. had no budget or whatever. But at sure. 40 million, you should have been able to do way more with this. And this is, I mean, I I understand that eight years or nine years is a long time, but- only nine years later, we get Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Dude, 20 that's years crazy. later, we get things like no no time to die. And like, that's way better. So it's like, there's no excuse. <laughs> Did you just say we get no time to die in 2011? Is that what you just said? It's 30 years later. 30 years? What? Yeah, this movie is 30 years old. Yeah. Well, I can't help the but think of the episodes you know, just silence as we held Gosh, that sucks. The, the Jurassic, Jurassic Park is like five movie. years later, right? Like it's like yeah, uh, that's true. That's honestly blockbuster an even with better, practical effects. Yeah. Is is yeah. Now I will Oof. say when was Hook? the because this feels more like explosion than when he shoots the arrow is awesome. Oh yeah, it's the one right, good shot in the whole movie. How are we getting that explosion in twelve hundred AD? Is that, so a, I looked is that this possible? Up. Yeah, I looked this up. Gunpowder was considered one of the four great inventions of dynastic China. It was during the, I think, the Tang Dynasty uh, in the 900s. And its use was ri- widespread throughout Eurasia by the end oh. of the 12th century, which was the 1180s, 1190s. There you movie go. set in 1192. But if it's widespread, it likely, then why are they all confused by it? Well, it was likely the Crusades that brought it back to Europe from the Far East. Amazing. Well, there you go. It stands up. It's already changed my rating. We'll see yeah. how high it goes. <laughs> what's, higher, what's higher than poster? <laughs> I'm, I'll make it. I'll remake it again shot for shot with every single actor. Well, well, I'll kiss Kevin Costner <clears throat> right on his unaccented mouth. Yes. <laughs> That's higher than the poster. Oh, man. Um, look, here's the thing. I had a thought that if we wanted this movie to be better quality-wise, that Christian Slater actually would have made a much better Robin Hood. Than a Will Scarlet. Yeah, mm. doesn't make as much money, but it's right. definitely a better Robin Hood. I, I would agree with that, I think. So Christian Slater's lack of accent and his weird vocal inflections almost perfectly mirror Kevin Costner's. Well, spoiler alert, they are half-brothers. Right. Do you think Christian <laughs> Slater did that on purpose or are they the same kind of bad in this? I think they're the same kind of bad. I really okay. do. Because if he did that on purpose... I like to think That's he did it unbelievable. On That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll take it. I like whatever. to think he did it on purpose. I can't <clears> express <throat> how open-handed I am approaching the discussion of this movie. I, you could tell me <laughs> You have virtually about, no convictions. No, you could tell me anything about this movie and I'd be like, yeah, but it was a really enjoyable two hours and 15 minutes. So whatever, dude. Yeah. We spend, you know, Jordan, you said your super dump was how long it was, right? Like yeah. how much time we spend on things. Yeah. Like, I feel like we were in the valley standing on that stone fence for like 10 minutes. Dude, for Wasn't so that weird? Like, oh that was so long. We get an introduction of like a kiddo. I can't remember his actual name. Uh, they would call his him wolf. the deer wolf. That's right. And then we had yeah. Guy. Guy and Wolf show up Dude, during that time. Guy the rules. guy of Gisborne. Gosh, guy, he's a cartoon. Guy rules. Yeah. There were cartoons. It's like… The, Cartoons juxtaposed to Costner is probably what makes Costner look so bad because there yeah. really are so many. Dude, I would put Morgan Freeman cartoons. in that same category. Morgan Freeman is both well. under and overacting a zine. Yeah. Uh, this is a notable in that it's a really positive portrayal of like of of uh, outsider foreigner. Yeah, like it's it doesn't have the usual kind of like. Arab phobia that we would have during the 90s and certainly the 2000s. Like he's a kind and good man who's a devout Muslim and helps his friends. Like he's a really, really great character. He's pretty well written. It's just acted horribly by Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, huh? I don't know that the script is the problem with this movie. Yeah, it's not a terrible script. I think that the script 
the bones are there for something good. I think it's the everything else. I think it's the direction, the cinematography, yeah. the acting. Well, it's not everything else. Soundtrack absolutely bangs, dude. There is also an actor who absolutely is oh, not we're the not worst there part yet. of this movie. I figure yeah. we're all saving that until after shout announcements. So let's I think hold we off probably on are. that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a dedication to that person for the last 30 minutes. 100%. Of this show. But the soundtrack, the soundtrack is a full scale certified slapper. Uh, Oscar nominated. Yeah. Understandably. The o- yeah, that's OST part of it. And everything I do, parentheses, I do it for you. Yeah. Both yeah, Oscar two time nominated. Oscar nominated. Yeah. Wow. Um, what a slap in the face that costumes and stuff wasn't. The, all the stuff they put their money in. I mean, obviously it wasn't just that. There's there's fun little, there's a lot of uh, just actors dropping out of nowhere that probably made a lot of that budget, uh, which is a fun thing that we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, the soundtrack to me, mixed with the dynamic of uh, Robin and Azim, I, I did. I'm, I'm glad. I don't think we talked about it while we were watching it together, but we've already mentioned Gladiator. This very f- much felt like Russell Crowe with Hansu and, yes. you know, that beautiful score that we get. Yeah. Uh, I think actually Oscar-winning score that we get in Gladiator. Um, and it's just funny. I think Robin Hood— it, It's a it would total be interesting precursor, to, dude. It would be interesting to find out what has given it, given it life. Yeah. Because I do still think that this movie is relatively— a popular watch. Yeah. I know that y'all hadn't seen it before, but it was kind of a, it kind of sticks around it because is it is Kevin adjacent Costner's to- top four on IMDb. Yeah. It, is, it is one yeah. of his top four build movies. Yeah, it's adjacent to epics. Uh, totally. And yeah. it's because it 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 definitely tries to- Dude, I really think dress it's because- like <laughs> I think it's because Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves walked so that Gladiator and Braveheart and all of these movies could run. I really do. And Russell Crowe's Robin Hood and Taron Egerton's Robin Hood. All the Robin Hoods. Dude, I- Robert Hood. <laughs> hey, we- The general viewing audience of the world deserves a good Robin Hood movie, just by the way. Completely. Completely. Did we just not- was there not any of these big like medieval epic showdown movies before Robin Hood? There had to be. I'm sure there were. I just I think mean, you get like style. giant epics like the Ten Commandments and stuff. You certainly sure. have things like Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments and to, stuff and like, like that. Ben, but Ben Hur is pretty big. Yeah, but like the you're modern like, right, though. <clears throat> modern historical epics, I don't know that we That's were really so making interesting. those. Because it's even things like Troy and Kingdom of Heaven. You know, yeah, we were really I was hot on all that stuff yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's a, to think that Braveheart's even after this. For some reason, Braveheart doesn't feel too far after it. I, uh, I kept thinking Braveheart was before this because every character is obsessed with freedom in this, which is mm-hmm. maybe not the most one-to-one <laughs> mapping of the Robin Hood story. Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. interesting. It, it just the, feels like... The other thing is that this movie feels like a beat-for-beat beat remake of Princess Bride just without all the intentional humor. Yeah, it was like two yeah. years after Princess Bride, I think. Yeah, it's like Princess Bride was 89 or 87, I think. Yeah. Very Did you see similar. that they wanted Robin Wright to play Maid Marian? Did they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she turned it down because she got uh, became with child. Mm. Pregent. Uh, she got pregant. As they say. My like favorite. My, <laughs> my favorite thing about them not understanding the Robin Hood story and not really knowing it is there was a show called uh, Robin of Sherwood, a BBC show that ran for four seasons in the mid eighties. Hmm. And in that show, they invented a Moorish character to be Robin Hood's best friend. And so when they wrote this movie, they just straight up lifted that character name and everything. Cause they thought it was part of the Robin Hood story. They Same as little John show? and Will Scarlet. They just took it from the show and then did a little bit of research on Robin Hood and changed the character's name to Azim. So they didn't get sued. Amazing. Is that not wild? I can't believe that. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so they wrote a script before they read source material? Yeah. Well, Robin Hood's one of those things that doesn't really have a ton of source material. There's not like yeah, a, a text valid. that you can go back it's and more look at. Folklore, I guess. Sure. And you know, I there's there's not a lot of evidence that points to there ever being a real Robin Hood, even no. though the, the Crusades were very much real. It was kind of a French legend that made its way across the English Channel in about the 13-1400s. Was Robin Hood always somebody who came back sort of transformed by the Crusades with like a change of heart about caring for people? Is that sort of a not, core not part really. of his story? Because I think really. that's also in the Russell Crowe story. It is in the Russell Crowe story. A lot of this owes, owes some debt to the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. That's where splitting the arrow comes from. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and so that's why it's in the Disney one. That's why it's in I love this one. Splitting the air. That might be. Yeah. I think if I'm. Is it Robin Hood Men in Tights that has a big long tournament aspect to its story? Is that right? That's a, well, that's Robin a, Hood, the, the Disney cartoon does. Also, which yeah. comes from Errol yeah. Flynn. So yeah. those I, are both references to the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. I think Robin Hood at his best is whimsical like Peter Pan, but intense, sort of like the Russell Crowe Robin Hood was, like as far as like mm-hmm. violence and in overall intensity. But I yeah. think Robin Hood, like as a character, is at his best when he's doing sort of a, a show off at the tournament to yeah. prove a point kind of a thing. Guys, the Russell Crowe Robin Hood is so wild. I forgot about it and then went down a rabbit hole about it last night after we watched this. Did you remember that that movie ends with Robin Hood organizing a grassroots campaign to get the king to sign the Magna Carta? Because I forgot about that. The and Magna that's Carta? Unbelievable. Yep. That is unbelievable. Really? Mm. Yep. It's wild. <laughs> I haven't watched that. I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I did too. Wild, wild, wild. Anyway. So sad. So sad for Ridley. So sad for Ridley. Ridley, so sad for you. At least you made Alien, though. Um, yeah, that's it true. It is time for shout announcements. And we're going to go do that uh, right now. Uh, welcome to Shout Announcements, part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Shout out to the part of VHSs and DVDs uh, before they were able to live update through the internet that gave previews for movies. That is the most um, diminishing return I can think of, actually, to take up uh, <laughs> real estate on your VHS real, real R-E-E-L estate on your mm. VHS with movies that odds are already out. Yeah. Bit of yeah. charm to it, though. Oh, yeah. for sure. But just thinking about how wild it is that... Yeah, it really is. There were 10 minutes of every DVD and VHS Time we stamped. bought that were just like, <laughs> check this out, coming soon to own. And it's like, well... Coming to theaters, fall 1997. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, already here, brother. <laughs> already here. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, make sure make sure you acknowledge the shout out to VHS. Uh, do love Thank that. you, local VHS. The other, thing, the other thing I want you to shout work. is into your friend's ears. I want you to shout into your friend's ears about our podcast. Tell somebody about this show. If you love it. If you don't love it, um, I hope you do eventually because it, it would mean a lot to me. But if you do love it already, tell your friends about it. Tell them about Black Widow. Black Widow is huge right now. If you've got friends that liked the movie, didn't like the movie, have thoughts about the movie, listen hey, to what, Have you heard about Black Widow? You guys heard, you heard about, about this? this? It's huge deal? right now. What's the deal with Black Widow? Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, t- tell your friends, share the episode. Just send it straight to them. There's a share option on, on pretty much every podcast service. Just hit that little share button, text it to them, apropos of nothing. Listen, we want you to be a part of our family. And the way that you become part of our family is by supporting us over on Patreon. We've got two distinct tiers for you. The first tier is $3 per month. Three. And with that, you get bonus episodes that admittedly have been sporadic over the last two months. But we are getting ready to record and release the first of a kind of new venture that we're taking on over in our bonus episode zone. We're going to be reviewing every single Back to the Future. This Mm -hmm. is the first time we've ever done a Patreon-specific series um, so it's taken a little bit of planning to get that up and running, but we are getting ready to launch our Back to the Future series over on Patreon. You don't want to miss that. I I actually happen to know a little bit about what our discussion is going to be ahead of time, uh, particularly some interesting revelations that will come to light. And I'm very, very excited to record and release that episode. Um, and if you want to support us even more than that, we have a $5 a month tier. Uh, where you get all the all the benefits from the three dollar tier, um, which includes an extra vote in any series um, that we're asking you guys to help us choose. You get all that stuff: the vote, the bonus episode, plus access to our patron exclusive Discord channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, some real great things have been happening over there recently. We have just launched the first season of an everybody gets to play box office ball league. We've got a large number of teams over there with some of the most dedicated hardcore chunkies. We're drafting actually as we speak. It's my turn and I'm waiting till we're done recording the episodes before I make my <laughs> pick, but it's so fun. Uh, I'm super, super excited about that and all the great stuff going on over on Discord. So we might even be doing some of those box office ball check-ins, let you know uh, who's in the lead, 
is it still Carter? All that kind of stuff. Sure, so that'd be fun yeah, when we get sure. back to usually. Yeah. Now with with Loki being gone, now we're back into um, those mini Mondays. So you get to. It's really it's exciting stuff for me. It becomes less exciting for Jordan and Doge if you're familiar with any of the games that we play over there. Mm. Uh, speaking of playing games, uh, we're just about to the Olympics, like the actual Olympics. Yeah. Uh, which I mean is our series, and then like the Olympics that are based off of our series. Yeah, they're kind of copying like the actual us. summer games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Olympics, Carter's Choice, uh, we're doing that right now. We're we're going to be near the middle of that next week when we do Karate Kid. And then the week after that, one of the hottest uh, games right now, the hottest things to follow in the Summer Olympics, perhaps one of the most popular teams in the world is the U.S. women's soccer team. Uh, and so I just had to do some women's soccer in a very underrated movie I don't think either of the guys have seen again. This has been kind of fun to introduce some movies to them, but Bend It Like Beckham, mm -hmm. uh, cool. one of Kira Knightley's first cool. uh, movies, uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited for that. But next week, uh, tune in for a little bit of wax on, wax off uh, with the with the Karate Kid with Daniel Sun and Mr. Miyagi. Very I excited for that. Cannot. Yeah, I'm wait. very very excited. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, before we get into the thing we've all been waiting for, allow me to be the first to say that Alan Rickman is my super pump for this movie. Alan Rickman is my super pump for this movie. Alan Rickman is my super pump for this it's movie. It's obvious, right? I mean, it's obvious. You can yeah. see him become aware of what this movie is <laughs> and then actively begin rebelling against it. Yeah. <laughs> he would he would go into his lines and try to change them to make the extras on set laugh. <laughs> the you in my room, 1030. You, 1045, bring a friend. He, <laughs> he wrote that and he kept, he like made him keep delivering it until he got the people to laugh on set. And he was like, now that you're laughing, cover it up. We're going to do it one more time. <laughs> Carter, tell the story about Alan Rickman, please. Oh, well, yeah, I think, so while, while Alan Rickman is my super pump, if you look at the, the small print, the fine print here, it's explaining to you that really the decision to let him do whatever he wants is my super sure, pump. yeah. Um, because so just three years prior, Alan Rickman is Hans Gruber out of nowhere, becoming a stage actor, uh, turned, uh, one of the greatest movie villains of all time yeah. immediately. And we can tell there's a lot of components to who Alan Rickman is as a person, especially as an actor that would be like, it's not a surprise, right? He's, he's good at being a villain, but he was afraid of being typecast as such for like the rest of his career. So <laughs> When uh, Prince of Thieves, which has this $40 million budget, comes up with Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman uh, and says, hey, we'd love for you to play the villain, he says no multiple times. I think it's even more than three times. Jeez, but usually no. it feels like in these stories, no. it's like, okay, and on the third, he says yeah. yes. But eventually he said, okay, fine. I'll do it if you let me do whatever I want. And they said yes. <laughs> and you can absolutely tell. It's immediate. And, and – much like the second half of our podcast is probably dedicated to the Sheriff of Nottingham, the second half of the movie is, and that's what makes it so For much sure. better. I almost super dumped the first half of this movie because as soon as Alan Rickman gets there, 
and has these scenes. He's he's so aware and unaware. Like he's uh, he's clearly aware that this. I think Alan knows this is a bad movie. I oh, think so. Right? He he has he has to. to. He was in Die Hard. Like he he got to see this thing thrown together that ends up being like. I've I've seen documentaries about making Die Hard, and they were like, I think we've done something special here, right? Yeah. I don't think we ever are going to hear stories about that from this movie. <laughs> no. They certainly did outside something special. Of, yeah, it was special outside of his sure. perf- outside of his performance, but yeah, Alan Rickman is doing whatever he wants, and he was given this freedom really after only one big movie that he ever Crazy. did. That wasn't even supposed to be a big movie. Remember, Bruce Willis was not an action star. Yeah. Yeah. Before Die Hard, so. Yeah, and I think personally that Prince of Thieves might have done as much or more to lock him in. It, it backfired on him <laughs> to lock him in as a villain for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, than than Die Hard did, and it's just because he leaned into it. He's like, okay, America, this is what you want. I'll give it to you. Yeah. I and and it's he's laughing at everybody because it makes so much money. It's just insane. It's so ridiculous. The the thing that I found so fun about Alan Rickman in this movie as the sheriff of Nottingham is when you, I usually don't love the phrase ch- chomping scenery, chewing the scenery, because I feel like people misuse it and they just say like anybody who is larger than life yeah. is chewing the scenery. Yeah. Totally. Same. Alan Rickman is inhaling the scenery of this movie like, as though like he is Kirby. Kirby. Yes. He's absorbing its power 100%. He is just, nom, 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 nom. I mean, he comes in and it's a different that movie so when he's on screen. Like it's a completely different movie. It's also, it's so much, it has, I see so much of his career to be in this role because it's like, this is if you overact as Snape, right? right this is a right. comical version of Snape. Like it's the way he'll take like a two syllable word and make it five seconds and menacing <laughs> and- it's just like, guys, we got it. There was a moment that we all bust out laughing, and it, I can't help. But We've think, rewound it. Yeah, I can't help but think that that happened. Don't you think that happened in theaters in '91? For sure. Yeah. Don't you think? When like, he I think people Christmas. also know. Yes. He cancels Christmas. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, it's like he ad libbed that line. By the way, that wasn't that wasn't some that wasn't one of his no. rewrites in the script. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He no just, more merciful, no more merciful beheadings and cancel Christmas. And there was another thing that he says before that uh, about like feeding the poor or something. And it's just, it's scraps just a caricature for the poor, I think is what of it was. villainy. No more scraps yeah, for the it's poor. A, it's a, it's a caricature of villainy, but it's the most enjoyable. It is so meal. absurd. He makes it. He makes a true meal <laughs> out of dying at the end when he gets stabbed oh, and then dies for my a minute. Goodness, it's unbelievable. De- I've never seen anything like that. Alone. Made me love him. I already <laughs> loved him, but his death, sure. he, he took so long to die. And he he was just like, I'm going to soak up every second of this. So do you think if we have a more like straight down the middle, straight over home plate performance for the Sheriff of Nottingham, whether it's Alan Rickman or somebody else, if it's not basically the Grinch, <laughs> does this movie... Lose its watchability. Yep. Like if it is straight up and down, do you think it's it's the presence of one actor knowing exactly what this is that makes it watchable? Yeah. Yep. I think that's what makes it so special is because Alan Rickman is a professional stage actor and had a long career before he came to the worldwide box office. And he is, I, I can't think of another time I have ever seen a movie where someone is aware and is making sure they are overacting. Right. Yeah. Usually, if you're overacting, you don't know it, right? right. There's the joke in, in Tropic Thunder <laughs> that's just like, you know, with, with I Am Sam versus Forrest Gump and things like that. But like, if yeah. you know, he knows it. He's, he's making fun of his own role one of the entire movie. And it is, it is almost anyone who I know has ever seen this, their favorite part. Now, can I tell you something it did for me that was negative, but not a negative on Alan Rickman or the Sheriff of Nottingham? It just, it, Hmm. I think the juxtaposition of the Sheriff of Nottingham versus everything else revealed to me that I wish this movie leaned more into the absurd more often. 
Mm-hmm. I really was wanting when all five of the people are are about to be hung. I really wanted Robin to knock five arrows at once, pull back and shoot all five people down. And I wanted to see people, you know, sliding down banners and, yeah. you know, throwing swords across the, you know, like, I think I just wanted it Boy, to Boy, have be, I got a movie for you. Right. Yeah. A <laughs> mere two years after this. <laughs> I just think that with, with how big the Sheriff of Nottingham becomes, we could have gone bigger with everything else and been fine and maybe Completely. still been more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Now we do get uh, my swashes did get buckled quite a few times. Quite a, I mean, <laughs> there was one moment I can't believe I forgot about. That was a uh, a duo, a team moment. You're talking about the catapult. The catapult? <laughs> I, mean, I loved the catapult. Fully ridiculous. I oh my the goodness! Catapult. They're like together, like kids. Like you're about to go down the the slide that you feel old enough yeah. to do now at Schlitter. Going on a ride together, <laughs> like right. looking at each other. And they're like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. And it doesn't make any sense. Dude. Because it's such a good shot. Perfect accuracy to practice? a wagon <laughs> that they didn't know was on the other side of that wall. <laughs> Catapults just kind of appear in this movie. And oh they surprise goodness. people. Now, yeah, when we burn down Sherwood Forest and they're just shot. Like, how did we not see, right? Like, how did you not see this army with fire? Yes. Of Celts. I mean, uh, it's just it's goodness just gracious. Yeah, and they're like he the, the they took advantage of him. They followed the poor blind man back, and it's like he he's not deaf. How did he not hear? Them? How did he not hear? There's a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can hear love, but he can't hear an army. <laughs> like what the heck, my guy? <laughs> I may what be blind, heck? but there's some things even I can see. So, yeah, in that scene too, I think it's so funny that we have this epic soundtrack and then you catch like bits of like, and then like really trying to work it into like the medieval epic vibe. Yeah. It's like, this is a Brian Adams song, y'all. Like, it's just like right here. People didn't know that though. People didn't know. People, it was yeah. Brian I, 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 you think people people's minds were blown that they got to the credits like, Brian Adams is singing a Robin Hood song. Yeah. He's singing the song we've been hearing. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, do you think that was the yeah. same as Charlie Puth singing uh, See You Again at the mm-hmm. end of Fast 7? Just like, wow, Charlie. I've always, I've always said that Charlie Puth is the Brian Adams of modern times. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. I think that for sure. Uh, the music is so much better than everything else in this movie. Except for Alan Rickman. Yeah. Except for Alan yeah. Rickman. Yeah. Do we want to talk about our… Uh, Surprise appearance. Yes, we do. Here, dude. What? <laughs> I can't. And y'all, y'all might have noticed it, but I'm really bad at like keeping, especially if it's something that I know people will enjoy, like exciting things <laughs> just to myself and have it delivered. And Chelsea, my wife, is very good at it. And I would have moments that I would look at her, and someone would say something adjacent to you, like, "I can't believe all this is happening. What a surprise!" And I'd be like, "They have no idea." I saw you look <laughs> at her. Would... I saw you look at her once and whisper, "Did you remember about the end of this movie?" And she like nodded and put her finger up to her lips. Yeah. And then I forgot about it. And yeah. then Sean yeah, Connery shows up in the last scene. Sean like, Connery, you're kidding King me. Richard. And he literally is just like, <laughs> "Sure, Robin of Locksley, thank you so much for all that you've done." I mean, it's like. Sorry for crashing your wedding. You know, it's just like he just shows up <laughs> and, and just makes Sean Connery so much money. Unreal. He, he donated for charity. Wait, did he really? He what? Yeah, he donated. He made like 250 grand or something from this. Donated it to charity. Straight to charity. Wow. Straight to charity because he's a saint. He played Robin Hood uh, in, I think, 1956 or 1965. Played Robin Hood uh, in a version of the Robin Hood story. Phen- phenomenal. Phenomenal. But yeah, Connery, dude, get your bag, man. Yeah. Totally. Enjoy that bag. Totally. Thanks for giving that away. That's really cool that he did that. Really cool. I can't. That is such a totally buck wild thing to happen in this yeah. movie. And and like there's so many what side though, characters. You know? Yeah. That's there's so true. many side character cartoon things that are buck wild. Like anybody who's in the clergy is freaking weird. Yes. yes. Uh, not to mention our witch, uh, Mortiana, <laughs> yeah. who is the grossest it's like they wanted to 
I don't know. It's like introducing the next level of fear factor every time you see her. It's like <laughs> right. she's got like, well, at one point she cuts herself with her own nail, her own gnarly nail, gross. bleeds into it and then spits in that and then mixes it up the whole time while very Mel Brooksian comicsy, like Alan Rickman is just like right behind her, almost like yeah. a Three Stooges thing. He's like, you know, what's going to happen? It's, yeah. it's, she's gross and she, she has a terrifying death twice <laughs> because our last scene when we have not our last scene, but our climax when there's really awful things happening of him. He just wants to immediately consummate the marriage. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, uh, that's rough. not great. It's rough. It is rough. Meanwhile, Mortiana gets stabbed in the gut with no, a no, no, big no. blade. She stabs herself essentially. She just runs. She runs. Belly oh, she straight, runs into it straight at his which extended spear. Which is all spear. part of her playing possum ploy yeah. to come back later with all the energy in the world, as if she lost no blood. Yeah. Which she continues to uh, harm herself a lot throughout the entire movie, and, and, then and Morgan dies Freeman throws again. a scimitar through her. Someone's like, the director or producer or somebody was like, yeah, but let's get another window. Can we get a, someone else through a window? Yeah, one yeah. more time. Like, let's, let's make sure. But yeah, uh, Alan Rickman's like taking out his dagger and just kind of presenting it like it's <laughs> bloody self. He's like, I think I got stabbed in it. And like, just I like <laughs> so drawn out. Oh my goodness. That it feels like a spoof of the movie he's right. in. Which is, again, it I does. can't get over the it's dynamic best. of that. I, I don't think I've ever seen... I don't think I've ever seen a movie where one of the main actors in it is so clearly making fun of the fact that this movie exists. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so special. <laughs> Guys, I want us to take our players to the podium. And I need yeah. to hear from y'all, starting with your bronze award here. Uh, and using characters, who's third place for you? And I'll go first. Uh was my third place from the start to make the podium because why not have a last minute entry into uh, <laughs> this event just like he did in the movie. Sean Connery gets the bronze for me. Fair. That's fair. For just being here. It was like a reminder that like, hey, but are these other people A-list? Right? It's like we had people like, wow, they got so many big time actors and then you just throw in Sean Connery out of nowhere, which is just unreal. It would be like a, I don't know. It would it would be like Anthony Hopkins showing up to the end of a movie or something. Yeah. Like I have a Harrison Ford where he has no place of being. Yeah. You know, like this this seminal character in epics, and then he just shows up and he's like, Hi, I'm Harrison Ford. You know, it's like it's wild. What's the bronze? <laughs> Can you imagine guys? Harrison Who's- Ford as King Richard? I'm sorry to crash your wedding. Sean Connery was like 63 or something like that whenever he played this role. And the real King Richard the Lionheart was like 31 when he returned from the Crusades. So the Jerusalem climate's hard on a boy, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's it's it just shows it it shows why, you know, England just never really did a whole lot because you have to be 35 to be president and you can be a king at 31. That's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's why they didn't really have any success. Yeah. That's why they never really went anywhere. That's why the sun definitely set on the British Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, for my third place pick, I was going to do Brian Adams, but I, I'm going to play nice. I'm going to play fair. Uh, I'm going to play by the rules. Uh, um, you know, it, it's just the thing. The thing is like with Brian Adams, he's the baby. That's all that I want. Um, <laughs> when he's lying here in my arms. So listen, my third place is Will Scarlet. My third place is Christian okay. Slater as Will Scarlet. That's my bronze. Okay. That's my bronze. I thought uh, he was fun. He's a, he's a handsome boy. He's a pretty man in this movie. He's a pretty man. He's, he's a, pretty a pretty man. man. Uh, my podium is all folks who have worked together to make this movie what I believe it is rather than what it was trying to be. Mm. Mm. Uh, and so my third place is going to go to Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner takes the bronze for me. Interesting. Because he's yeah, bad, my, but bad, but in a watchable way. Sure, you know what I mean. Uh huh. My silver is Kevin Costner, and it's weird, and I think it's because, in a strange way, I can I can't imagine this movie without him, uh, and that that to me brings a lot of value. <laughs> so <laughs> he takes the silver. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. My silver is Guy of Gisborne. He was just yeah so Second weird. Place. So weird <laughs> and over the top, and I loved it. <laughs> 
He was like an orc without makeup. Yeah, completely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he was over the top. I loved it. So yeah, Michael Wincott's Guy of Gisborne. What takes about the silver for, He's for an orc one. with a skincare routine. Yeah. <laughs> Second place for me is Sean Connery. Phenomenal. Because it's ridiculous. Uh, gold is Alan Rickman. It wasn't Alan even Rickman. close. Gold is Alan. Alan. watching and it was… He had finished the race and then everyone else was still had a lot of time. So he went and grabbed Everyone else was like, did the gun go off? <laughs> yeah. Just, just amazing. Work. Unbelievable. Truly, truly, we are blessed to even have it. Now, it is time to rate this movie using science. Uh, the scientific cinema scale is perfect. It's baked up right here in our test kitchen at Two Chunks and a Hunk. And it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it. Then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go. It frightens me how close this is to a poster. Phenomenal. I'm going to buy this movie. <laughs> because if I ever have the opportunity to see it theatrically, I will be buying tickets to this movie. I yep. will spend... Makes sense. Untold numbers of my own dollars to watch this movie many more times in my life. Oh, yeah. I'll have everything off that special Alamo menu. Mm -hmm. Oh, completely. For sure. Yeah, I... It's, it's, it's always weird in a moment like this because the quality of the movie has virtually, if not absolutely nothing to do with my rating. Yeah. This rating is completely down to the experience of watching it. And it is pure joy, this movie. Uh, I am buying it as well. I'm buying Robin. Yeah, there's a couple... Even though the poster itself was actually pretty it's amazing. Pretty awesome it's like fire arrow with fire in the background and Kevin Costner in a mullet. Um, it, uh, there definitely are parts that do make it the wrong kind of bad movie yeah. for me to buy the poster. I do think because... If the this entire movie, so if it wasn't two and a half hours, maybe if it was two hours and it had the same kind of chutzpah that the second chutzpah. half does, maybe I'm buying yeah. the poster. Yeah. But I was thinking of it in a way of like, so I buy this movie, and at first I thought it might be a rent because I was like, I would spend money for people to see this, but I think uh, it is uh, economically better for me to go ahead and buy it with how many times I would want to have people sure. watch it completely. Um, so it's it's a buy, and it's just yeah. So silly. That's what's so fun about the scientific cinema scale is it's hard to quantify some things. And that's that's just science, you know? Science, it's always a mystery. Yeah, so the thing about science is there's really no way to, like… <laughs> no way to prove, no way to prove it. It, yeah. it, just, it is notoriously subjective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's Robin Hood, yeah. Prince of Thieves, guys. Amazing. And we're jumping right into Karate Kid. What a fun I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, Karate Kid next week as we continue our Olympics. <laughs> the way you said that, it's like we were about to just extend this Let's episode. Go, and go ahead to and Karate review Kid Karate right Kid. Right yeah. Here's our synopsis for Karate Kid. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a good time. Uh, over on Patreon, we are doing Box Office Ball. We'll give updates on that. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, so if you're not a patron at the $5 tier, you have already missed the chance to get in on this one, but there will be more. So I encourage you to weigh that uh, as you as you hear the laughter from outside and you're stuck inside doing homework and you hear all your friends in the cul-de-sac playing <laughs> box office ball. Just really... You can play next season. Yeah, you can play next season. Get your homework done. And remember, January. if you support us at any level, you get access to, I think it's like 12 bonus episodes right now, about to be... 13, 14, 15, once we finish our new Back to the Future series coming out over there, those bonus episodes are a great time and a great way to... Did you just count probably get out 12 plus 3? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a math podcast. No doubt, I can't be an expert in everything. No doubt, for sure. I'm terrible at math. I just didn't know. I was just double checking, you know, making sure I crossed. <laughs> You're trying to make sure I did the math, I'm right? I'm just crossing my I's and dotting my T's here. Now, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what Olympic event we would have included in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, to make it a little more interesting. For Two Chunks in a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and it's definitely the shot put. And I would have had Little John huck that barrel of explosives straight over the wall. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Blow it up. That's good. That's good. I'm Doge, and there actually was another event, Sleeper, included in this. And 
I would just reverse it. It was, it was accidentally reverse javelin where the person yeah. ran straight <laughs> at a spear. So let's just go ahead and actually do for real javelin and have somebody hucking big long Throw it spears. with her on it. Throw it while Throw she's it with on her it. on it. Yeah, a witch kebab. Exactly. Very good. A witch kebab. Very good. <laughs> hey, put a, put some explosives on that. It's a witch kebab. <laughs> you know? I'm Carter and I'm shook. Um, I, I want to see Alan Rickman do even more ridiculous things. So I think I'm going to give him a gymnastics yes, floor yes, routine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, can he do it as he dies? I, he just does a whole floor that, routine. Can we do it to that's everything literally I do? What I was about, that's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Is, is as he's dying of a, a floor routine to everything I he's do. He's about a quarter. Let's not wait there. for the credits. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and put Brian Adams in the movie. As like a, like a minstrel. He can like, like sing. Like a bard, like yeah. singing yeah. live with a little yeah. lute. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.